Today I've invited Michael Kunyanga into the studios because Michael is a pastor in Tanzania. He's studying here in England at the moment. And the question that we have in from our listener comes from Africa. He asks, why are there problems all over Africa? Every day we hear of election malpractice, war and military dictatorship, etc., while all of these are not found in Europe. Why are people in Africa suffering from hunger and starvation, while those from Europe and America live without any problem? Is it a curse on Africa? Michael, what would you have to say to this gentleman? <laughs> well, Victor, that's a very interesting question coming from Africa. Uh, uh, it's uh, from Ikechi in Nigeria. I will begin by answering the question about the curse on Africa. If you look at the book of Genesis, you'd find that Cush, Mizraim, and Put, these are the first three sons of Ham, who was the son of Noah. Now these may be traced as the ancestors of the darker-skinned African people, and many have come to believe that the curse which Noah pronounced after his drunken ordeal came to fall on these sons and their descendants, that is, the Africans. Well, you see, uh, while it's true that Africans descended from Ham, that is, who was the last-born son of Noah, it isn't true at all that the curse fell on Ham himself, nor on his descendants. Actually, in Genesis chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, we have a record there that when Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son that is, uh, Ham, had done to him, you see, Noah said, Cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves will he be to his brothers. Canaan, the last born son of Ham, you would notice, would be a slave to Shem and Japheth, who were his uh, real uncles. But if there was any curse at all, then it would probably fall on the Sidonites and Amorites, who were later the Canaanite clan scattered on the borders of Canaan, and reaching into Sidon towards Sodom and Gomorrah. This history is in Genesis chapter 10, verses 15 to 19. Uh, you would remember that the twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed by fire. But also God instructed the Israelites as they were just about to enter the promised land. He instructed them to destroy all the Canaanites in the land. So you'll see, finally and ultimately, the curse did not fall on Africa, but actually on the descendants of Canaan. But nevertheless, our, our friend here is very concerned why all the problems seem to be in Africa and none of them in Europe and America. Michael, how would you respond to that? <laughs> you know, the answer can again be traced back to the beginning. As a consequence of Adam uh, rebelling against God and eating the forbidden fruit, God had actually told them in the garden that you shall not eat of the fruit. But because Adam ate of the fruit, Genesis 3.17 uh, pronounces God's curse. God said, cursed is the ground because of you. So consequently, you have earthquakes in southern Europe, volcanoes in the Far East, snowstorms in the extreme northern and southern hemispheres, and all kinds of hurricanes and typhoons in the Americas. It's not just that, but you would hear of floods and droughts and famines and uncontrollable weather throughout the world. So it's not just Africa alone. Actually, the list could be extended to almost any part of the world. Of course, we would hear of also election malpractices and corruption in government and business dealings even most recently, if you would follow up on the news, which are quite evident in America and elsewhere. Another thing is that wars and border conflicts affecting member countries and the non-members of the United Nations are also prevalent. 
So you'd find genocides and dictatorships also in Europe and South America as well as the Far East. There are problems all over the world. As you've said rightly, that's one of the consequences of sin. But he's saying, isn't it worse in Africa? What's, what's the reason why, why Africa seems to, to be having so, so many problems, perhaps in comparison to the others? Well, Victor, uh, coming from Africa, I can quite identify and sympathize with uh, Mr. Ikechi's sentiments. You see, a large portion of the African continent is covered by the Saharan Desert, the Namib, and the Kalahari. Uh, that's geographically. Well, economically, much of Africa's deposits of minerals and natural resources are still left untapped or unexplored. Now, this may be due to policies and regulations imposed upon by certain items of trade. And so, as a consequence, the revenue which would have come back to Africa dwindles and staggers and finally collapses. But to most farmers as well, uh, if we talk about the weather and the climate, there's quite poor agricultural technology, and so the produce is very limited. And so peasants would produce largely for consumption rather than for sufficient amounts of trade. But probably the deciding factor for Africa's misfortune is poor governance. True, now we cannot ignore the historical fact of colonialism and its aftermath. But we cannot blind ourselves either to the fact of the estimated 50 million slaves who were ripped from the continent. But again, we can't just lie down and sit back on these facts as we would onto a cushioned couch. You see, the African people must wake up to the hard fact that weather and geography are not to blame, and neither are the historical injustices. So you're taking the blame away from things that have happened in the past, and yes, there have been some very, very real issues and some very sad issues there. But as you've said, we can't just rest there. We have to look to the future. So in terms of biblical advice, Michael, what would you say? Bible prophets actually uh, are a leading in whatever decision or a vision we might have whatever choices we would have in life. Uh, Bible prophets caution us that where there is no vision, actually, the people would perish. I remember Proverbs 29:18 distinctively saying that. Well, Africa and Africans must not look back with regret, but they must turn forward with coherent understanding of the times. If Hosea is true, the prophet Hosea, uh, in chapter 4 and verse 6, he says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Well, spending wealth and resources on military engagement instead of agriculture and industry, I would call that a lack of knowledge. And a nation can only rise to the greatness of its leaders. Secondly, a truth that will remain is that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Uh, Solomon, the wise man, said that in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14 and verse 34. It still remains true. You know, if God rules all nations, it's only in partnership with God that any nation in Africa or elsewhere will rise above its disgrace. War and corruption, by the way, do not fall under the category of natural disasters. You see, if Africa must rise to prosperity, then Africans would do best to dance to the rhythm of the song, which they are very capable and uh, famous of doing. Well, here's a song that Africans could dance to. In Proverbs 24, verses 30 to 34, I went past the field of the sluggard, past the vineyard of the man who lacks judgment. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruins. And then I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, 
a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit, and scarcity like an armed man. What a song. Well, Mr. Ikechi, there is hope for Africa. Indeed, there is hope for the world.